BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens. We are live right here on FFC. The second half of the NFL season starts today. Weeks one through nine now in the books. Week number 10 kicks off tonight in the windy city of Chicago between the Bears and the Panthers. Joe Lisi is here. He's the mastermind of the pigskin. I am Ben Stevens. Lisi guy, tonight is a test. How much do you love football? You'll find out on this Thursday evening. Oh, it's not a bad matchup, Panthers and and Chicago Bears. It might be Tyson Badgett that gets the start over Justin Fields. I guess we'll just wait to see how this plays out. But for Carolina, they got their first win a couple weeks ago with uh, Bryce Young and Houston. They failed to step up last week, but another opportunity, winnable ball game, and the opportunity to build an identity in Carolina against potentially their franchise quarterback. We'll see how it plays out, but I can tell you this, Ben. I know it's two garbage teams. I know it doesn't make for Thursday night football too exciting, but I sort of like this total tonight in regards to the 38-and-a-half. I think we can have points aplenty, believe it or not, in Chicago. That would be quite a change of pace, Joe Lisi. This is the first game of the second half of the NFL season. This will be primetime game number 30 so far this year in 2023. The 29 in the opening half in prime time of this NFL campaign, Joe. 22 of them go the way of the under. An incredibly strong trend, but there are some issues defensively. Brian Burns will not be out there tonight for Carolina. Can Tyson Bajant and the Bears' offensive scheme take advantage? Chicago will be without DJ Moore, still awaiting the status of running back Khalil Herbert. We know Justin Fields is not playing tonight, Joe. He's listed as doubtful, still recovering from that dislocated thumb on his right throwing hand. We'll get to all of that and the storylines around this Thursday night football game throughout this show here in this hour on FFC as we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience on Sirius XM Channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio. 
That's the mastermind of the pigskin. His name is Joe Lisi. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on Football Full Circle. But Lisi, as we transition to college football, we'll start the show with what has been the main story in college football, in all of football, really all of the sports world, Joe, for the last two weeks. The Michigan sign-stealing scandal and the alleged violations of the Michigan football program. New wrinkles, Joe, come up each and every day. There is additional reporting. There is nuance that arise on a daily basis within a matter of hours. In the big one right now, though, Joe, it all comes down to what potential discipline and punishment Michigan might be facing this year in 2023 and maybe beyond. But this year, Joe, if it's going to happen, it will come from the Big Ten League office. Over the weekend, the Big Ten Conference handed Michigan a notice of potential punishment, giving Michigan the required amount of time to respond. Michigan set in its response, Joe, at the deadline yesterday on a Wednesday evening. A lengthy 10-page document from the Michigan Athletic Department in response to the alleged violations and any punishment that would possibly be handed down to this Wolverines football program in 2023. Joe, the Big Ten now has a chance to respond to Michigan's response, as Pete Thamel of ESPN said this morning. There is no timetable for a potential punishment being handed down by the Big Ten Conference. Joe, when do you think that happens? What will the discipline be to Jim Harbaugh and Michigan? Well, again, I don't think the Big Ten is going to do anything this year. I really don't. I think it's going to be a slap on the wrist, and I think it's going to happen potentially and maybe after the Big Ten championship game if Michigan is there. I really believe that in regards to saying that the Michigan Wolverines are maybe in violation, but but it's not going to derail their potential college football playoff hopes or have any effect on their season on the football field this year. What I think it will happen is potentially maybe sanctions in 2024 and whether Jim Harbaugh is there on the sidelines or not remains to be seen but it'll affect the program at some point to some capacity I believe in 2024 beyond Ben. Yeah, and Joe, that's the very important distinction right now because any potential punishment this year that would affect, if at all, the 2023 college football season for the Maize and Blue would have to be handed down from the Big Ten. And that is the main component, Joe, of Michigan's defense. Not that we didn't do anything wrong. Not that we didn't break the rules. In fact, Joe, they are not necessarily denying any of the wrongdoing or the alleged violations of NCAA bylaws in their response. It's that Tony Petiti, the commissioner of the Big Ten Conference and the league office, operating under the guidelines of the sportsmanship policy, would be setting a dangerous precedent and acting outside of due process. Let's not forget, the NCAA is investigating Michigan in the alleged sign-stealing scandal. The Big Ten is operating based on the information the NCAA has provided at this moment. But the NCAA, Joe, and the gears of justice grind to a slow halt in that organization. Any potential punishment after this investigation is concluded would not come until earliest 2024. So if the Big Ten decides to enact any discipline, it would be under the guise of the sports sportsmanship policy, and that's what Michigan is defending against, saying you are not respecting due process, you don't have the true authority to set this precedent.
and Michigan is bringing up the idea that Purdue used signals from Ohio State and Rutgers to learn Michigan's signs ahead of the Big Ten Championship game last year, saying that, hey, everybody is doing it. If you are going to wade into the dark waters to punish up, punish us, excuse me, in this sign-stealing scandal, you better get ready to do it for a lot of the teams within your own conference. And Joe, based on the sportsmanship policy in the Big Ten, Tony Petiti can suspend Jim Harbaugh for up to two games. They can levy some pretty hefty fines. They could set a precedent that would keep TV revenue from Michigan this year. But to your point, ultimately, Joe, I do not believe whatever the Big Ten Conference hands down or doesn't will impact this Michigan football team and their ultimate goals of winning a third straight Big Ten championship or reaching the college football playoff. Maybe not, Joe, at least holding them back from doing so. They are not going to be disqualified from the postseason. What it does to this group and their mentality, that remains a different story. But I believe Michigan will remain eligible, Joe, to play in the Big Ten championship game and thus, if they win, have an opportunity to be in the college football playoff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have to see how it plays out. Now, maybe if, you know, Penn State could strike the upset over Michigan, maybe the Big Ten looks at that and says maybe it's a perfect opportunity to, to hand Michigan any type of repercussions or discipline in that type of situation. But, again, I think they're going to take a wait-and-see approach. So it, the product is more important and the brand right now for the Big Ten overall than anything else, right? They want to have a potential Michigan and Ohio State showdown with all the marbles on the line with yeah. potentially two unbeaten teams because it's great for the Big Ten. They don't want to disrupt that train in motion. So I agree with you. Only time will tell, but we'll see how it plays out. The bigger question is Jim Harbaugh, if they don't make the college football playoff, will he be there next year? That's a great question, Joe. That is the future. That is the beyond starting in 2024. That is a different animal than this year in 2023 and what Michigan is trying to push back against. All of this is encapsulated with the first real test for Michigan this year, this upcoming Saturday in Beaver Stadium. We'll talk about it next. Michigan, Penn State, on the other side. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We got another day of NBA action, so it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. 
Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens. We are live right here on FFC. It's Football Full Circle, all a part of the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. He is Joe Lisi. I am Ben Stevens. So, Joe, this is all happening for Michigan. As they get ready for their hardest game of the year, Joe, and it's not particularly close, Michigan's strength of schedule to begin this season was 118th in the country, but their strength of schedule down the stretch, the hardest remaining in CFB, because in two of their final three games, it's a road trip to Happy Valley to take on top 10 Penn State, and then, of course, Joe, they end the year with the game against Ohio State, who as, as who is, as of this moment, Joe, number one in the country in the second set of rankings from the college football playoff selection committee. So, Joe, we've talked about this idea before. Do you believe any of the off-field stuff for Michigan in the continued reports of the sign-stealing scandal with Michigan awaiting any potential punishment for the Big Ten Conference? Do you think any of that serves as a distraction or affects Michigan's mentality for this huge game inside Beaver Stadium? No, not, not this game against Penn State. I think they're locked and loaded in, and this is their biggest test. Obviously, up until this point in the season, they've dominated, to your point, J.J. McCarthy has stepped up now right now no I think potentially maybe the Ohio State game depending upon what comes out over the next three to four weeks and how you know the Big Ten handles it but right here this week absolutely not I think it's business as usual and it's going to be a tough task and, and you know when you go to Happy Valley and you go to play Penn State a team that's only lost eight home games since 2016 going to be very difficult right so they're going to need to bring their A game we know these games are very tight. Last year, they dominated Penn State in the second half, ran for over 400. They pulled away in terms of the second half of that ball game. but two years ago, they actually yeah. needed a touchdown late. They trailed 17-14 to 14 and got the big uh, tight end coming over the middle in man-to-man coverage that blew it open. So, this is not an easy task, but we'll see how it plays out. Early on, I'm going to take the points with Penn State and James Franklin. I'm going to take a shot with Manny Diaz as well. So, Lisi Guy, it's very interesting when you look at this game. These are two of the three best scoring defenses in the country. Michigan is the best. Michigan is holding teams to under a touchdown per game on average, but did allow Purdue to score the most against this maize and blue defense all year long. Last week in Ann Arbor, it was 13 points. The first time a team had had ample opportunity to change some signals. I mean, Michigan still won the game by 28 points, but Penn State is incredibly solid defensively as as well, Joe. And if they get back Chop Robinson, that's a huge upgrade to that defensive front as they will try to stifle that Michigan rushing attack and, of course, limit what J.J. McCarthy can do. But, Joe, this is why this game is so interesting. The early look-ahead line was seven in favor of Michigan before last week, the opening Saturday in November, week number 10. Then, as the line became back available on Sunday morning, Joe, it was six and a half in favor of the Wolverines. I bet Penn State right then, right there, because I expected some movement. That has nothing to do with the sign-stealing scandal. Joe, you and I both know we bet Penn State to win the Big Ten East before this year got underway. If Penn State is going to do that, this is a must-win football game. 
Joe, and I remain confident that Nittany Lions can give Michigan a run in this game. Now the line, Joe, is four and a half. Only four and a half in favor of Michigan. It is the only game this year. The Wolverines have been booked as less than a 24. Yes, you heard that correctly. 24 point favorite. Joe, do you think some of the market movement back to Penn State's side of things has to do with the public and maybe some animosity toward this Michigan football program, or do you believe it means this game is going to be more competitive than originally thought? No, I think it's the more competitive. I don't think it has the hate factor of like, you know, hating Michigan right now in regards mm-hmm. to the market. I, I think it just comes down to, you look at their resume in terms of top 10 teams, they haven't played any. They've dominated mediocre to average type of ball clubs, especially from an offensive perspective. And they have an opponent here that has one of the top 10 defenses in all of college football. And they stepped up against the number one team in the country as well when they played Ohio State a few weeks ago. It wasn't the defense that let Penn State down. It was the passing attack, the lack of third down conversions. They only converted one of 15. Drew Rattler and the passing attack were non-existent and inconsistent in that ballgame. And I think that's why you look at this matchup and say if Michigan and J.J. McCarthy do struggle in any capacity, right, where if they lose the turnover battle, they're going to be potentially in a four-quarter game, and then it's it's anybody's guess how it plays out. But I think that that's how the mindset is when you look at both of these defenses and the fact that Penn State is a much better home team than they are a road team, Ben. Yeah, this is a huge game, Joe, because in the last 11 meetings since 2010 between these two conference foes, it shouldn't really be a shock, Joe, that home teams have the advantage, but they are eight and three straight up. And Joe, we've seen an average margin of victory for teams at home in this series of more than 19 points per game. So they haven't even been all that particularly close when the home team wins the football game. We're talking about a four and a half point spread here in favor of the road team. That would be the maze and blue. Joe, you and Kevin love to give me a hard time for missing October 21st in a college football today, Saturday. Of course, we know why. I was the best man in a friend's wedding out in California. I had prior obligations. But it was a huge weekend in the Big Ten with Ohio State and Penn State facing off in Columbus. Joe, had I been there that day, I would have said Penn State has only one chance of winning this football game and a correlated prop to it. Drew Aller needs to go over his passing yards prop of 198 and a half. How many did Drew Aller finish with? 191. He was 18 of 42. That is a 43% completion percentage. Now, he didn't throw the football away. He threw a touchdown and had zero uh, INTs. He only has one interception this year. It came the following week against Indiana. But, Joe, Drew Aller needs to be good in this game. He needs to be able to make an impact. And, Joe, that doesn't mean 250. That doesn't mean 300. That means over his passing yards prop of 187 and a half. Yeah, you heard that right. In a top 10 tilt, the quarterback of one of those top 10 teams has a passing yards prop of 187 and a half yards. Drew, uh, Joe, Drew Aller has has gone over that a considerable amount of times this year, but he's also been under in a few Big Ten games 
as well, including the Iowa game, in which they won 31 nothing. He was 25 of 37, 4 4 touchdowns, but he only had 189 against Northwestern, just 210 against Indiana. There have been times this year, Joe, 208 against Illinois, when Drew Aller is not flirting with 250. In fact, he's only thrown for more than 240 yards once this year in the opener against West Virginia, 325 and three touchdowns. Now, 187 and a half, Joe, might seem like a a very minimal number to go over. Michigan has only allowed one quarterback they have played this year to go over that number. It was Heinrich Harbour, the quarterback for Nebraska. He did not throw for 200 yards, just 199. Yeah, and in that game, they, they had a huge lead in, huge in Nebraska. Yeah. I had to throw in terms of, you know, catching up in that ball game, especially in the second half, completely one-dimensional. It's going to come down to, you know, just the way it did last year. That was a one-score game at half, and then the defense just fell apart. Donovan Edwards, Blake Corn with huge runs, and the yeah, physicality of the offensive line. I don't think that happens this time. I think Michigan will look to take away the rushing attack and then force J.J. McCall to beat them over the top, and I know McCarthy is a Heisman frontrunner right now, but I still don't, you know, think of the Michigan Wolverines as a right. sophisticated passing attack. They haven't played from behind all year, and that's potentially a weakness. We saw it last year against TCU, where TCU jumped up early, and they could just never get back into that ball game. That is the recipe to beating Michigan. Don't allow them to dictate the tempo. Yeah. And I believe Penn State has the defensive personnel to do that. Now, can Allen step up remains to be seen. Last year, Joe, Michigan ran for 418 yards against Penn State. But this defense is a lot better than it was a season ago. We'll continue to talk a little college football on the other side of the break. Come back and join us on Football Full Circle. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We got another day of NBA action, so it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. At Audi, expectations matter. It's why what's standard on every Audi SUV are features that exceed yours. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens. We're back live right here on Football Full Circle. It is F. 
FC. Now, Joe, let me present a potential possibility in the Big Ten Conference in its final year of divisions before the league expands from 14 schools to 18, welcoming in the West Coast newcomers of Oregon, UCLA, USC, and Washington. Joe, if Penn State pulls the slight home upset this week against Michigan, Penn State's loss would be to Ohio State. Michigan's loss would be to Penn State. And then there's a world, Joe, that in the big house, Michigan hammers Ohio State, and each team has beaten the other. So what are the tiebreaker possibilities in the Big Ten Conference for a three-way divisional first-place tie? Well, Joe, it would go to option five of the listed six, which would be your record against non-divisional opponents, or better yet, the combined cumulative record of the non-divisional Big Ten West opponents you have played. And based on the fact, Joe, that at this current moment, still three weeks left, of course, but at this current moment that Penn State played Iowa and hammered the Hawkeyes 31-zip, Iowa being 7-2, and two, the only team in the Big Ten West that has less than three conference losses, 4-2 and two in conference play. Penn State's three combined Big Ten West opponents at this moment, Joe, have a combined record of 8-10. and 10. Ohio State and Michigan, their three Big Ten West opponents apiece, both at 7-11. and 11. So, Joe, in that scenario, that Ohio State beats Penn State, who beats Michigan, who beats Ohio State, each handing the other its only loss of the year Penn State would win the Big Ten East Divisional crown by the tiebreaker scenario of a better combined record of their Big Ten West foes this season. Yeah, so they have an opportunity. Now they have to step up, right? And that that has been the biggest problem for James Franklin in regards to his body of work in Happy Valley. We know back, you know, he did lead the team to two 11-win seasons, and, and, you know, that's on his resume. And he did it a couple of years ago when they played Memphis on the bowl game and stepped up a couple of years ago as well. But he has problems beating Ohio State and Michigan He's done it at home more times than on the road. But again, this is another opportunity to really show that Penn State is closing the gap. That is the biggest no thing, right? I mean, when we talk Penn State, they're good, but they're not good enough, right, in regards to the other two. This is Amen. an opportunity to make a statement and continue that. If they're 11-1, and one, they have an opportunity to go to the college football playoff barring the slip-up. The defense is legit. The offense has two running backs that could play with anybody in the country. It's the quarterback situation, and this was supposed to be an upgrade from Sean Clifford, who was a human turnover machine. But I have to be honest, Clifford at least gave them an opportunity, a a hope, and a glimpse of a vertical passing game. This year, they are so inconsistent, they need it tomorrow in order to step up against Michigan. No doubt about it, Joe. Penn State right now, under the tutelage of James Franklin, is just four and fifteen against Michigan and Ohio State combined. He is also three and sixteen versus AP top ten teams, and one and eleven versus the AP top five. Michigan fits all of those categories. Now, Joe, Penn State is an interesting case study because they had two really bad years in 2020 and in 2021. But last year, with a victory in the Rose Bowl and their only two losses to Ohio State and Michigan, Penn State won eleven games yet again. It was their fourth time, Joe, in the last six seasons that Penn State had won 11 or more 
games. We're talking about one of the elite programs in college football, but unable to get past the bugaboo that is the maize and blue or the scarlet and gray. There is that nomer around James Franklin, unable to win the big one. This is the time to do just that, Joe. This is that burden of proof for Penn State. For me, it starts with a little bit better passing attack, not a ton, but can Drew Aller get to 200 yards? Of course, focusing on the ground game with Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton, and how does that defense that has much improved this year bounce back after giving up 418 yards against Michigan last season, in which Donovan Edwards ran for 173, Blake Corum 166, both scored twice. By the way, in that game, Joe, back when J.J. McCarthy wasn't setting college football ablaze with the best QBR in the country, 17 of 24, only 145 yards, no touchdown passes, and an interception. I think you said it well, Joe. Penn State needs to get out in front. They do not want to be playing from a trailing position against Michigan on Saturday afternoon. Noon Eastern time. Happy Valley. Big noon kickoff, a four and a half point spread in favor of Michigan, the over-under at 45 and a half. But Joe, this second Saturday in November is a huge one. Lisa Guy, earlier in the week, we reacted to the second set of college football playoff rankings with the top eight unchanged. And oftentimes, Joe, we debate the significance of the weekly updates to the CFP poll. This week didn't really have that, and maybe it makes sense. Why? Because so much is going to change based on the results of this week. Michigan, Penn State, one of the two top 10 tilts that we have. The other one, Georgia and Ole Miss. Number two in the country, that's the Bulldogs of UGA, the two-time defending national champions, hosting number nine, Mississippi. Joe, you've been on the Ole Miss bandwagon all year long. Can the running Rebs, as a 10-and-a-half-point underdog, go into Sanford Stadium under the lights between the hedges and shock the college football world? Yeah, they can. I mean, again, you know, we saw Missouri go toe-to-toe with Carson Beck and Georgia last week. They lose that ball game by nine, cover the 11-and-a-half, 13, what was it, 12-and-a-half point number, uh, you know, in regards to that ball game. But, again, Ole Miss needs to bring it from a defensive perspective. That has been the biggest thing in terms of these games. Their defense going back to Alabama, their offense struggled, the defense couldn't close the door and force critical turnovers against Jalen Milrow to pull that ball game out on the road. They have another opportunity. Georgia's running the football a little bit more effectively. Ward down Missouri last week in the second half. They're going to have to do it again. And, and at the end of the day, if Jackson Dart doesn't turn the football over, I think they're going to be in this ball game because of Junkins, because of the offensive balance, averaging well over 450 total yards per game. And I believe they're a little bit more physical than Missouri. It's just that in big spots, sometimes they fall behind and and they lose their identity. So hopefully they can dictate the tempo and strike the upset Saturday night in Athens. Yeah, I think the issue, Joe, is not Ole Miss and what they can do offensively against this Georgia defense that is stout and elite once again for the third consecutive year. A top five scoring defense in the country, top ten against the pass, and all that comes with it. it it's can Ole Miss's defense stop that Georgia offense? Now, you might be saying, Ben, what Georgia offense necessarily? A decent one at that. I expect a big day from Carson Beck, and mainly, Joe, I worry about the running Rebs and their ability to stop UGA on the ground. I think Dejon Edwards had
has a big day. I think Kendall Milton will fill in with productive work as well. I think Georgia Joe covers as a 10 and a half point favorite. This is a time for UGA once again. Now into the meat of their schedule where three of the four games, Joe, their toughest games of the year come at home up until next week on Rocky Top that they can really benefit from playing in between the hedges on Saturday night. I think Ole Miss is going to struggle defensively. I think Georgia takes advantage. The Quinshawn Judkins number, though, Joe, is just a little bit light for me on the other side for the running Reds. It's one of my favorite bets in this game, 62 and a half. It's a number Judkins has gone over in four of the last five in SEC play for Ole Miss. And when I say over, I mean at least 102 rushing yards or more. There's that perception that Georgia's great against the run. They give up more than 115 yards per game on the ground this year. We saw Cody Schrader, Missouri's running back, have some success against them. We've seen multiple Auburn players go over this number. Even sweet baby Ray Davis, Joe, following the record performance he put on against Florida in that next game for Kentucky against Georgia. He had 59 rushing yards. He was pretty close to this number. Quinshawn Junkins is one of the best backs in the SEC. I would go over that number, Joe, for Ole Miss, but I think Georgia has some success offensively against this running Rebs defense. I think Georgia wins and covers. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll see. I mean, they've shown a propensity and when their backs are against the wall, Georgia, to step up and cover lines. They did it against Kentucky four weeks ago when they didn't cover a ball game all year. Came off the disappointing game before that and just blew out Kentucky in terms of that but matchup in Athens put up a 50 spot and it was Carson Beck as well. It will be interesting to see how Georgia attacks Ole Miss because we saw Texas A&M and average offense have success and push them to the limit. Should have at least sent that ball game into overtime last week in the Grove and they couldn't pull it out. Ole Miss survived. Can Georgia attack over the top and can they do it, you know, dominantly remains to be seen. Again, they should win this ball game, but that spread to me, I'm taking the points with Ole Miss. I, I think if you're ever going to back Lane Kiffin in a big spot, it's right here, right now with a one-loss football team, but again, that's why they play these ball games. No doubt. Ole Miss this year, Joe, one and one, both straight up and against the number as an underdog. The outright victory at home in Oxford against LSU, a 55-49 football game where defense was incredibly optional, and then they lost to Alabama by two touchdowns, a 24-10 game on the road in Tuscaloosa the very next week. Joe, elsewhere, a lot will be decided this weekend. Like we mentioned, changes may be coming to the top 10, top 15 of the college football playoff rankings by the time we see next week. Lisey Guy, we're going to talk about Utah and Washington on the other side of the break before we dive into Thursday night football in the National Football League, but just a small preview from the line so everybody is aware. UW, a 9.5 point home favorite in Seattle on Saturday afternoon against 13th ranked Utah. We'll break down the game on the other side. Live right here on Football Full Circle. Come back and join us on Sports Grid Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. 
That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. At Audi, expectations matter. It's why what's standard on every Audi SUV are features that exceed yours. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens. We're live right here on Football Full Circle. It is FFC on Sports Grid Radio. So, Joe, one of the top 15 tilts that we have this weekend in college football, we have yet to discuss. It's in Seattle on Saturday. It's number five Washington playing host to number 18 Utah in the CFP ranking. So, a top 20 tilt according to the CFP, a top 15 matchup according to the AP poll. A huge showdown, Joe, coming our way on Saturday. Washington nearly a double-digit favorite, laying nine and a half at home. Of course, the Huskies on the road last week in a shootout against Southern Cal, 52-42 the final. Washington covers as a slight two-and-a-half point favorite. Utah bounced back, Joe, in a big way last week against Arizona State. After their first home loss in 19 games two weeks ago, against Oregon in which they were dominated 35-6 by the Ducks. They start a new streak with a 55-3 win over Arizona State, holding the Sun Devils to only one yard per carry. Joe, what do you make of this matchup in a top 20 tilt between Utah and Washington? I think it's going to be a close game, Ben. And, you know, you look at last year's game, uh, excuse me, the last time they played, which was a while ago, but it's like a rivalry game. You know, three points. They played back years ago in terms of the Pac-12 championship game. Very close game. It's just like certain programs step up each and every year against the other opponent, right? It might be different personnel, but it's just a mindset. And the reason why I think Utah legitimately does have a shot in this ballgame is bad as the offense has been with Bryson Bournes is that they still can run the football. And you look at that matchup with USC, Austin Jones tore them up in the first half of that ball game. Even in the second half, they were still running at will on the front seven of Washington. Are they gassed? Are they starting to wear down from a defensive perspective? That is going to be the, the main you know reason whether or not Washington wins and more importantly covers this nine and a half point number at home. Again, if they could get them into a phone booth and get this ugly and limit possessions for Michael Penix, I think Utah could be within the ballgame.
thing, but the, the biggest thing right now is Utah is not as opportunistic as they've been no. in years past from the defensive side of the ball. That's where they need it against the trigger man in Penix that is just playing lights out right now. So that is the matchup. I lean to Utah, but we'll see how it plays out this coming Saturday. Yeah, Joe, when you look at the Utes this year, the sixth best rushing defense in the country, we talked about how they limited Arizona State on the ground a weekend ago, only allowing 81 yards per game. Utah is known for its physicality. The Utes also a top 10 scoring defense, only allowing 15.9 points per game. It's not like they're giving up a ton through the air, but it's not necessarily to that elite level like the rushing and scoring defense is. Only 201 yards per game, but if there is an area for Washington to take advantage. It is in the aerial attack against the Utes. Now twice, Joe, in the last three games, Michael Penix Jr. has stayed under 300 yards. That's blasphemous in a way for the quarterback of the Huskies. Can he find that once again against Utah at home in Seattle on Saturday. I think it's going to be close just knowing the way Utah's team plays football. Can they focus on the ground against still a talented defense in Washington that don't get me wrong has given up a ton of points this year but you know that Utah is slightly one dimensional. On the ground Quinton Jackson, Nate Johnson coming in to fill a little bit of that dual threat alongside Bryson Barnes. Both of those quarterbacks we expect to see on Saturday against UW I just wonder, Joe, can Washington step up defensively to cover and win this game by margin? Another top 20 tilt we'll talk about tomorrow between Tennessee and Missouri. Two top 15 teams, Joe, in a game where Tennessee is technically still alive for the SEC East. They would need to win this game, win out, and beat Georgia next week as well. Missouri coming off that loss but being competitive against UGA. How does that bode for Brittany Cook and company this upcoming Saturday in Columbia? All right, Joe. Now we transition to the NFL. Week number 10 starts tonight in Chicago. The Bears and the Panthers. Maybe not the most appealing game we've ever seen, but we love football. We break down football here on FFC. A three-point spread, Joe, in favor of Chicago. The over-under 38.5. If you had a best bet for tonight, Lisey Guy, what is it? Well, I like the over. I do. And I, I lean to Carolina in terms of the side of this ball game because I believe in Bryce Young and I believe in Frank Reich a little bit more than Bajan and Eberflus. But I think we're going to have points. That is the best bet I'm looking for. And I like Jonathan Mingo, the, the speedster out of Ole Miss. He's got a light number heading into this ball game. I think he potentially, I think it's in the area of 33 and a half. It was like 32 and a half yesterday. I think he could get up to 50 plus at plus money. I think he's the guy that potentially outside of DJ Moore for that Carolina offense can eat tonight. So I'm going Mingo. I'm going Carolina. And I like the over as my best play in terms of the card. Yeah, Joe, I'm interested to see how this game plays out. Don't love a side. I think you're getting the slightly better number on the Bears now that it's at a fat, flat field goal and that three-point number, the hook taken away. So the worst you can do here is push. If Chicago does win the game by around that field goal spread, you're not going to have the hook take it from you. Don't love the side. Wouldn't pick a side. Don't want any part of that. Joe, given these two teams both playing shorthanded on a short week, I have 
have to lean with the under and knowing the primetime trends as well. But again, not my favorite bet. My favorite bet of the game, Lisey Guy, is Cole Komet, the reliable tight end target for Chicago. Whether it's been Justin Fields or Tyson Bajan, Joe, Cole Komet has been a prop fiend this year. His number 37 and a half, that's where it stands for tonight. Joe, it's a number he's been over in six of the eight games he's played this year with the Bears, whether it's been with Justin Fields as his QB or with Tyson Bajan. But the reason I like it even more, Joe, is because the two games he has started alongside Tyson Bajan, he has gone well over this number. 55 yards, two touchdowns last week against the Saints, six grabs on eight targets. The week prior, 10 targets, 10 catches, 70-plus yards against the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday night football. Flying over these numbers, Joe, by a pretty hefty margin. Almost 20 last week and pretty much 40 the week prior against the Bolts. I like Cole Komet to go over 37.5 receiving yards tonight. Yeah, the check down, right, in terms of the tight end, the dirty work with Bajan going up against Carolina. You want to take away D.J. Moore. You want to take away uh, all of the, you know, first and secondary options. That's Mooney. That's D.J. Moore. And that's that's where Cole Komet comes in, even in red zone opportunities for Bajan. You know, I don't know if Chicago, and we know that they want to run the football, but I don't know if that's the recipe to win in this ballgame. I think you want to you attack them over the top. You want to loosen up that front seven and then maybe potentially run the football a little bit later in the ball game should you get a lead. But this team can't play from behind. So if they don't have success maybe on the first or second drive running the football, it could be all Tyson Bajan and the passing attack. Yeah, and Joe, I think the ground game is going to be a focus for both of these teams tonight. Lisa Guy, let's have the Bryce Young conversation. His passing yards prop is 215 and a half tonight. It's a number he has been rarely over this year in the seven games he has started for Carolina. Joe, I thought they had figured something out in the bye week. Bryce Young threw for 231 yards. It was his highest passer rating of the year, 103 point something, but more importantly, the first time his passer rating was 100 or higher this year. For him to back that up, Lisey Guy last week with well under 200 yards passing in three INTs, two taken back to the house the other way by Indianapolis's secondary, was a little bit concerning. And Joe, it's not just the juxtaposition of Bryce Young first overall versus what C.J. Stratton is doing second overall it's how Bryce Young has played the offense looks like it has no rhythm Bryce Young does not seem comfortable Joe I don't think it's bust category or even a disappointment right now but it is a little bit of something we need to monitor here down the second half of this season Carolina needs to see if Bryce Young is the guy they're not going to make a determination based on this year and this year alone and there can be that bump Joe certainly in a year number two but what are you feeling right now Joe about the way Bryce Young is acclimated to the NFL. I have mixed feelings. Again, I put I put some of that on Reich and the offensive staff as well because if you watch C.J. Stroud, they are very aggressive in their play calling. And what I mean by that is they are not predictable. They attack vertically on running downs, first and second downs. And, and C.J. Stroud, whether people realize or recognize it or not, has an, an above-average wide receiver core. If not potentially, I want to say an elite wide receiver core that's coming into 
their own with speed. Tank Dell, Nico Collins, Noah Brown. I mean, there are playmakers there that are good and were great college players. On the flip side, you have Adam Thielen. You have, like I mentioned, Mingo that's coming into his own. But you got to be aggressive. And you can't, when you have a young quarterback, and I said it time and time again, you can't call a game plan to what you want. You really have to call a game plan to his strengths and then allow him to develop. And Bryce Young is better when you spread him out five wide, forget the rushing attack early, allow him to get into some rhythm and tempo, and then rush, utilize the rushing attack after you have success in the passing game. They want to do it the other way around, and that's where they get into they get into problems. And Frank Reich is another head coach. Look at that win against Houston. That's the way he wants to win ball games. 17-15, you know, 20 to 14. There's a mindset. D'Amico Ryans has a much more aggressive mindset, and he's a defensive-minded head coach because he knows he has a trigger man in Stroud that can light up defenses. You gotta buy into to Bryce Young now. If he's not the guy, you shouldn't have drafted yeah. him. Yeah, and that might be a conversation, Joe, as well. Because when you think about this team and how this organization was structured, there's been some veiled statements and comments from one Frank Reich about the decision-making process of taking Bryce Young first overall. Was it led by the coaching staff? Was it led by David Tepper in the ownership group? That remains to be seen. That's a conversation for another day. There should be some at least opportunity, Joe, you would think tonight for Bryce Young to go over 215 and a half. The Bears are a bottom five passing defense in the NFL, giving up more than 256 yards per game. And there is one thing, Joe, even if Bryce Young's numbers haven't been all that great, that we know about this Carolina offensive scheme, Adam Thielen is their number one guy. Adam Thielen is Bryce Young's favorite target. Last week, Joe, he struggled in the loss to Indianapolis as the offense struggled mightily. He only had five grabs for 29 yards but in the four games prior with Bryce Young starting over his receiving yards prop tonight of 68 and a half in all four dating back to the game that Andy Dalton started Joe in Seattle against the Seahawks where he had more that was Thielen had more than 150 yards receiving five straight overs of 68 and a half his receiving yards prop for this Thursday night in Chicago prior to last week Joe against Indianapolis. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I I agree with that assessment. Again, you know, both quarterbacks tonight need to produce. You need to put the ball in their in their hands and see what you have. I mean, again, I don't I don't even know how the Bears arrived at Tyson Bajan in regards to backing up Justin Fields. But again, they have a quarterback situation that they need to figure out. Bryce Young and, and Frank Reich need to figure out what is the, what is the identity of this offense right now in the second half of the season. Yeah, that's a really good point, Joe, because for this Carolina Panthers team that is one and seven straight up and only has covered once this year at one six and one ATS, the second half of the year is to evaluate Bryce Young and to help his growth and development in the NFL. We'll talk about that coming up next, live right here on Football Full Circle. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. 
That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer, like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Expectations matter. What do you expect from an SUV? Versatility? A range of sizes built to fit your life? A range of exteriors that all invite stairs? Or being able to take control of more than just the wheel? Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens. Joe, Thursday night football, not only an interesting game because of how ugly it might look in the Windy City, but also because of the tie of these two teams. Of course, it was Carolina trading with the Bears, going from number nine overall all the way up to first overall to take Bryce Young. In return, the Panthers gave Chicago a 2024 first-round draft pick. So the Bears, Joe, have their first-round pick and Carolina's. And the fact, Joe, the two teams we will see on Thursday Thursday night football are two of the five teams around the NFL in the opening half to have two wins or less with Carolina only having one. Joe, there's a real possibility. The Bears could have two top five draft picks come this upcoming April in 2024. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, if it's the Bears, you know, then what do they do with it? They have an assessment to make with Justin Fields. What do they do in terms of big picture? And if you're Justin Fields, do you even want to be part of this team moving yeah. forward because they haven't even given you offensive weapons to develop? So, again, this team, another team that has no identity, and Eberflus is gone right now, should have never been given the job. They only hire mediocre, average, under-the-radar coaches that don't have any offensive vacuum. I mean, forget Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy sucked. I mean, they need a legitimate head coach that could take this team back to the playoffs and more importantly challenge for an NFC North title. Yeah, absolutely so, Joe. I think there will be a lot of changes coming Chicago's way this offseason. I, th- I think Matt Eberflus is no longer going to be the head coach. I'm not sure the Justin Fields experiment, Joe, is going to work out in the Windy City. It does not mean I change my stance that he can be a successful NFL quarterback. I just don't think the scenario was right in Chicago. I think, Joe, the Bears would prefer to have him out there to get a final couple of games of evaluation on him before they make these big moves starting in 20. 20- 2024. Oh, by the way, breaking news in college football, Quinn Ewers is back for Texas on Saturday against TCU. The Longhorns, a 12.5-point favorite in Fort Worth. He's Joe Lisi. I'm Ben Stevens. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a Football Friday on FFC starting at noon Eastern. Here's on Sports Grid Radio. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We got another day of NBA action, so it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. And just can't Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.